Hey there, and welcome to episode 101 of the Food Biz Wiz podcast. Today's episode is a great one, and it welcomes my friend Allison and Karen of Umai Marketing to our show. So in today's podcast, we are going to learn their three-step system to digital growth. We are going to talk about moving past that feeling of overwhelm as you show up online. We're going to discuss how to drive results excuse me, with your social media, your paid advertising efforts, and your email marketing strategies. This episode is jam-packed with advice that you can put into place right now, and I can't wait to get started. Let's dive right in. You're listening to Food Biz Wiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is supported by Klaviyo, my favorite email marketing software. Klaviyo is the number one software that my clients and retail-ready students recommend. You are going to love their integrations, their list segmenting, their powerful drip campaigns, their ability to integrate with Shopify, and a whole lot more. If you are thinking about upgrading your email marketing, you've got to check them out, linked in my show notes. Now, let's get to my show. Hi, Allison and Karen. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Hi, Allie. Allie. Thank you <laughs> for having us. You're welcome. I'm also, all, I'm just going to say it for our listeners. I think this is the second time in the history of the podcast that I've had two guests on at the same time. So uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to see how it goes. And I fully anticipate a little bit of the three of us talking over each other, right? <laughs> it's just yeah. Gonna it's happen. a little bit of juggling. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and so I'll say for our listeners too, if, if you guys are listening to the podcast on a podcast player and you're mm-hmm. like, I can't keep track. Three ladies, they've got similar voices. Like I can't do it. Come and l- watch the recording. Cause you'll see the three of our faces. It might be a little bit easier to like juggle uh, the voices and stuff. So we've got that of course in our, in our food biz with Facebook group, I've got it on my social channels. You'll find it on IGTV, but of course, if it helps you to see our faces, come on back and, and do that. Okay. So we have a lot to talk about in today's show. And I know that it can really be a daunting, daunting topic for a lot of our listeners. So Allison and Karen, I want to start from the top and reassure our listeners that you guys are qualified to give advice on digital marketing. So um, I'll do a little intro and we'll get into it. So Umai is a boutique Austin-based digital marketing agency that provides services and education to help grow CPG brands. And I love that you guys focus specifically on CPG because we all know that selling a physical product online is very different than selling a service like I do or say an experience. So let's start there. How did you guys decide to focus on CPG in particular? Yeah, so I can start. Well, my background is in CPG. I My first CPG job was at Vital Farms. I was there for a few years, and then I moved to another uh, CPG in Austin, Nulo Pet Food. And while I was there, both of those brands were, were only in retail. Mm. There was no direct-to-consumer, no e-commerce. So advertising was a lot of brand awareness. It was a lot of yeah. reach. And Allison, all the while, she was an ads expert. She excelled at e-commerce. She has spent millions of dollars on the platforms with positive returns. And so it was like, okay, that is where that is completely lacking in my experience. And Allison is this expert. And so we came together and, you know, we started Umai and with the focus on CPG, especially because so many brands now are direct to consumer. They all have that e-commerce element alongside their retail focus. Yeah. And even if they're not direct to consumer, the digital marketing piece is huge, right? And so we, you, you ladies both know, like on the podcast, we talk a lot about having an omni-channel strategy. And I think that that same advice goes to marketing. You've got to have a, I don't know if you guys use that word in marketing, but like an omni-channel marketing strategy where you are doing some in-store, in-person and digital and almost having this like multi-pronged approach to it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. So I know that Umai is built off this idea of the core three, and we're going to talk about that in this episode. So from a high level, can you tell me what are the core three and why is it important for our listeners? 
Yes. So first of all, the core three, this is our three-step approach for growing brands digitally. So it entails an organic social front, meaning showing up on social media like Instagram or TikTok, paid social. So like Facebook or Instagram ads or wherever your audience really is hanging out online. If that's Pinterest, that's Pinterest ads. And then finally, email marketing. And we... So we decided uh, on these three levers because it was really like a big pain point when we first yeah. started our agency. We would see these extra small to small businesses trying and asking to do it all. Yeah. And when you put 20% efficiency into six things, it just doesn't look nice. You know, the consumer is going to notice it's going to be like an inefficient marketing funnel. So we really thought about, um, you know, like when you wake up and you have like a full schedule and you're like overwhelmed Yep. Uh and how to over, yeah. I'm like, yes. Uh, uh, (laughs) Did you look at my schedule yesterday? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but you know, like how you overcome that. So you, you prioritize and you maybe circle three things that, are going to make the biggest impact that day. So that's kind of how we thought about marketing for our clients and for our course members is what's going to make the biggest impact. And to us, that's organic paid and email marketing because Mm -hmm. it makes this like perfect, efficient marketing funnel. Yeah. I love that you have settled on this, this perfect number of three as well, because you, you know, that I love it in my business as well. Like I, there's just something that's so, simple about narrowing your scope and realizing that focusing on, on three things, either daily or weekly, or, you know, with your strategy as a whole, that, that, um, feels really good. Right. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's approachable. Yeah. And honestly, whenever people would come to us and they say, Oh, can we pick and choose? Can we just do paid social? Can we just do organic social? And it's like, yeah, you could do that, but I don't know if we're the right match for you because we know the importance of these three levers being pulled as as efficiently and yeah. effectively as possible to really move the needle. Yeah, I gosh, I'm I'm glad that you say that because <laughs> there's I, I I understand that desire to focus on one, right? You're like, oh, this other brand said that they're getting, I don't know, 400% ROI on paid advertising. So I'm going to go and do that. And I'm going to focus only on that. So mm-hmm. then, you know, let's say they hire an ads agency, they do that. And all this traffic comes to their website, <laughs> then the website isn't like set up to receive that traffic. There's no like abandoned cart sequence when the traffic goes away. There's no follow-up in their email marketing. And all of a sudden they're like driving a bunch of traffic to this like, you know, half-assed website that doesn't convert. Exactly. And, and it, yeah, like that's just like the importance of how important it is to have multiple channels running, Mm. but like too many is too much. It's overwhelming. So like, that's why we settled on these three, but yeah, exactly. So you're running ads. Someone clicks on um, your Instagram, you're running Instagram ads. So they yep. click on your profile and that you haven't posted in three months. You're not yeah. engaging with your community. You're not, you know, talking about your brand story or mission. Like how is that going to feel for that yeah. person? They're not going to be like entertained or engaged or want to go purchase your product at that point. Yeah, Absolutely. Ugh, and we're going to talk about this more in a moment, but I, I feel like offline, you guys mentioned this idea of having a, um, a non-leaky marketing machine. Is that what you called it? That's what we call yeah. it. A non-leaky <laughs> marketing machine. I love this because when, when you, um, when you brainstorm that, it really, it brought to mind this image of like pouring water in a bucket that has holes in it. And it's like, you can pour all the water and you want, but like, if your bucket's got holes, like it's not going to hold, it's not going to help you out. Right. Absolutely. And like the time and energy it mm. takes to fill that bucket constantly, <laughs> but these holes, you're not plugging them up. So yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, totally. I love it. So before we talk about these three levers, right. The paid, the, um, social and email marketing. I I feel like we're dancing around one thing that I I really want to touch on for our listeners that by focusing on only three things, that's how you defeat this feeling of, of being overwhelmed with digital marketing, right? Exactly. At least that's how we 
see it. I mean, it's there's so much overwhelm being a CPG <laughs> founder. I mean, yeah. really, it is. Yeah. Y'all, they do so much. Like every yeah. single day, there it's so multifaceted. It is crazy. And like Karen and I are every day like amazed when people come to us like in our course or clients and they're like, yeah, I've been running the marketing and um the manufacturing and yeah. um the bookkeep, you know, and all these things. It's amazing. Um, so it it really is like a problem. (laughs) There's overwhelm already in our industry. And then on top of that, there's what we call marketing FOMO, Mm. where you look at other brands and they look like they're just having this like hyper overnight success, but it's really because they have a lot of money and they got funding and, you know, so we try to (laughs) defeat those, those two big issues with, with, the core three. <laughs> yeah. If any of, if any of my listeners are listening, you know, with earbuds on a podcasting platform, they missed on video that I just did a huge eye roll because <laughs> I, I get so frustrated by this, this, you know, this idea of the overnight success is, I don't want to say it's a, a myth, but it's, it's so easy to look at other brands. I think particularly in CPG, particularly with direct to consumer and think that they did just you know, mm-hmm. appear overnight and either they did and they have huge, huge wallets and they, you know, and they, um, you know, paid their way to, to play and like get to the top or it just appeared that way. And we didn't see the years of work that went into right. behind the scenes. Right. Right. Uh, and so we, we avoid FOMO by focusing, by choosing to focus on these three. Yeah. And I do want to mention, you know, absolutely adding on, adding on Google ads and adding on influencer programs. Absolutely. When you have Mm. the support to do it effectively, then add it on, but really focus on the core three to begin with and make sure that that's running really well before adding anything else. Yep. Oh my gosh. I love this. So you guys know that we do a lot of Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And um, one of my, my teammates keep, keeps being like, we should do Google ads. We should do Google ads. And I'm like, we can't layer it in yet. Like we are not ready to do that. It already takes so much energy to look at our KPIs every week to like meet with our ads team to like do all of those things that like, it's so, I don't know, it's daunting to me. Um, and it's too time consuming for me to layer on another ads you know, Mm -hmm. funnel right now. So I'm so glad Karen, that you, you basically gave me permission to continue saying no to one of our teammates. Thank you for that. Do what's best for you. You know, I think we had a conversation with Sarah Delavan, which I, who I believe you know as well. And she was, she was talking about goals and growth for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how important it is to, to do what's best for you and your brand at the size you want to be. And I think that's really important to remember always, especially, and I think it relates back to that FOMO too, where you're like, like this other brand's doing that, this other brand's doing this. And like uh, other brands, like we have no idea what's going on behind the curtain there. Like we, we have to stay focused on our own business goals. I love that reminder. Okay. So let's, are you guys ready to talk about these three levers? Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) So tell me, tell me the first one that you want to talk about. Yeah. So generally we talk about organic social first because it's, you know, you're not, the investment in it is your time and your energy and it can be really intimidating, really daunting. But the first thing that you can do is just have a strategy, have a strategy Mm. in place. You know, some people you'll sit down at a computer and you're like, oh, I have to draft social content for my brand. Where do I start? If you have a strategy, if you establish your messaging buckets, you have your topics that you're going to touch on that are really going to engage your community and build trust for your brand and build likeness for you. Um, That's a really good starting off point. And it's going to make it a lot easier for you to sit down and get to it. So with organic social, there's so much, it's so complex, but if you have a strategy and if you establish a calendar system, it's going to be a lot easier in the long run to start building your content. Yeah. And so it sounds like, it can be as easy as a spreadsheet or a Google doc with your main themes that you're going to talk about over and over again. And then like a calendar of when you're going to post it. Absolutely. So we always say we love 
free things that work really well. And so (laughs) Google Sheets is our best friend with our content calendar. We use it for every single one of our clients. We use it for us personally as an agency. Google Sheets, it's free. It's collaborative. Yep. We do too. Yeah. 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 For our content calendar. Yep. Exactly. And we basically like, we have our like one master template and then we, you know, copy it for each month. And at the beginning of the month, we like set it up and, you know, it's really interesting because, and I'm sure you guys, your, your clients experience this too, but like at, at some point we just, you know, we've got our themes and we just repurpose our content and like, you know, create new graphics and create new captions. And it becomes this, you know, almost like a efficient machine after a while. Absolutely. And I think that that's one thing that people forget about Mm. is that not everybody is seeing your content. Every post you do, not everybody's seeing it. Not a lot. Like sometimes not a lot of people are seeing it because the Instagram gods are fickle. (laughs) But repurposing content that performs really well, you do not have to reinvent the wheel. Do what you know your customers love and try and be all encompassing too. you know, touch on all these different facets of your business to give them some transparency. People love transparency. They kind of expect it from brands now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And, you know, on a, on a personal note too, I've had, I've had the experience where, you know, I I feel like, I don't know, my creativity isn't flowing or like, I'm just, you know, we're in a busy period and I'm like, okay, we really need to like repurpose some, some content here. And so I'll put up, you know, the same theme of an Instagram post or story that I had done, I don't know, six months ago or something. And inevitably I'll feel a little guilt, which thank you for telling me that (laughs) I don't need to, but you know, I'll be like, oh shoot, I don't know if we should repurpose this. Like people will notice. And inevitably someone almost always says like, oh, Allie, like, thank you so much. When you posted this six months ago, like I wasn't at a place in my business where I needed to think about brokers and distributors. I'm so glad you reposted it because now I'm going to like click through and read that thing or listen to that podcast. What a great follower. What a great fan of your business to be able to (laughs) recollect that six months ago, but that's incredible. It's freaky actually. Like sometimes I'm like, oh my God, people are paying attention and that is intimidating as well. (laughs) All right. So we've got organic. Anything else in organic that we need to think about? Um, uh, I love I love it when dogs show up on the podcast. I don't know if our listeners can hear that there's a little dog in the background. It's usually my dog that shows up, but I think it's Karen's right now. It's right? two big They're, dogs. Two big dogs. They are big not pleased with girls. walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, with organic social, the other thing I want to just mention off the bat is a little bit of a piggyback on that transparency thing. It's yeah. I know, I understand a lot of people are left-brained, you know, they're really strategic. They're looking at the business side of things. They're Mm -hmm. intimidated to show face on social, but truly, if there's a way to connect with your audience, it's, you know, giving those face-to-face interactions and Mm -hmm. just, you know, providing them with some insight into your brand and your story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you said like transparency and maybe you said, I don't know if you said this, but like being authentic, you know, in your social channels or you know, on your about us page or like whatever it is, right? I feel like people can see through uh, a like fake brand nowadays. They they definitely can. <laughs> and, that, and that goes beyond, um, you know, what you're doing on, like what you're posting about. Yeah. That, like with ads, I see it all the time with ads, like just some, you know, like people want to see like social proof and like testimonials yeah. and yeah. like you other people using the product and that, that comes from the work we do in organic, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's what people want to see, you know? Right. It, right. Cause they can like, at the end of the day, relate. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And especially I always think about it too, with the, with food and beverage brands with CPG, like these people are ingesting your product. Like there is a, <laughs> there is a level of trust there where they're, you know, like forking over their money to eat or drink, to consume your product. And like that level of trust is, mm-hmm. is potentially greater than just like, Oh, I'm going to, buy a new hat or I'm going to like try this. I'm going to try this new dish towel. Right. That is absolutely on point. And like food is like, yes, there's so much trust involved and food just goes like so much beyond like, luckily for, you know, just I'm hungry. I want to eat. It's like, there's like a feeling that comes with feeding someone and being fed by someone. So 
like really tapping into, into more of that, like the community and yeah. the aspect of it is, you know, what we yeah. try to do. Yeah. And offline, you were talking about that, like that, like no like and trust factor with your audience. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's such a great trifecta there. Right. And that, 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 um, it starts with the organic traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know I said that was my last point, but I have one more really <laughs> right. important point. I'm ready. That, that perfection is not the answer here. Yeah. You know, you could have been really used to seeing these like perfect feeds that just look beautiful and all this stuff. That's not where yeah. we're headed, you know, yeah. go for the authentic brands and we have a boatload of them that we could recommend. So, you know, reach out to us if you want some inspiration for sure. Yes. Yes. And of course, you know, we'll get to this at the end, but we'll put all of your contact info in our show notes. So I'm sure that people will, people are like, okay, you said I could reach out, like <laughs> send me those resources. <laughs> you got it. All right. So then what else we've got our organic, we've got what comes next. We usually go into paid after here, just Great. because um, paid just, works really well with organic. Like we were saying with creatives, um, we can gain a lot of our creatives from there, but first and foremost, I think a lot of people are scared of paid traffic. Not, I mean, it is scary, you know, you're spending your profit (laughs) on yeah, marketing dollars and, um, you don't know what's going to happen a lot of times. So it, it can be scary. Facebook's platform, any platform really does not make it the most intuitive either. Um, And so that's what we really try to do is like take away the fear and show you like this is how you a simple way to launch ads and actually make a return. Um, But really, like it's so important, like, you know, you need to launch ads. Yeah. When you think about it, a customer needs like five to eight touch points until they purchase from you. I mean, all that trust we were talking about, that that takes a long time, a, yeah. a lot of times. And ads are one of the best ways, um, really, to increase those touch points and get them to convert at yeah. a quicker rate. So I've got two, or gosh, I was like, I've got, I've got two questions, but actually I've got a, a few more than that. Um, first off, if, uh, if a CPG brand is like nervous about doing this and they're like, gosh, like I have a teeny tiny budget, like where do they start to begin with? Like, what do they do with that tiny budget? And what, and, and I don't know if you can answer this, but like what budget is too small to even like play around with ads? Yeah. So, okay. Small brands, we work with them all the time in our yeah. courses. It is, we totally get it. Yeah. So what we like to tell people to do is take your profit, mm-hmm. your profit yep. and take 20% of that. And that's what you're going to spend on ads. Yep. If that's $10 a day, that is, that is okay. But what yep. you're going to do with that $10 a day is what we call, we call it the reverse funnel method, which is a okay. little hard to explain <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> Basically you're starting with the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. So your lowest hanging fruit in terms of um, your customers are people that have maybe added a product to your their cart mm-hmm. and then abandoned their checkout. Yep. Or they have um, are highly engaged with your social profiles or yep. have like a long, like a lot of dwell time on your website. Yep. And that, so you're spending that $10 a day just retargeting those people, yeah. getting those extra touch points in to get them to actually you know, like make the, the purchase. Product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I love that it's a low hanging fruit because when you explain it like that, it's like, oh yeah, well, duh. Like they already know me. They've already mm-hmm. been on my website. They probably like me because they put me in their cart and it's just a matter of like sealing the deal. Cause maybe right. like, I don't know their doorbell rang and they like abandoned the cart or like That's- they, I don't know, they got to their bus stop or like whatever it is, right? Yeah, you can never assume that they did not want to buy the product. Like you have to remind them. And that's with yeah. email, that's with um, organic, that's with paid. Yep. Um, but so yeah, $10 a day is completely fine to retarget your hottest, hottest yep. audience with. Oh, that you you it. will start to see conversions there. Yeah. And then once you start getting more profit and you're able to spend more, usually around the $60 to $100 a day range yep. is when you're able to now go out and prospect, meaning yep. 
you're able to bring cold people that have never heard about you into your brand's ecosystem. Um, it it just is a little, it's more expensive, obviously to convert that cold person and tell them about your brand story and tell them how cool your product is and solve all the problems, um, than it is to convert those warmer, hot leads. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was really intimidating for me to start running ads and it took me, gosh, almost four years of running my business before I did ads. And like, I was going to say my number one regret. I don't know if this is the number one regret, but one of my biggest regrets in my business, was not doing ads sooner. I should have done it. Like as soon as, as soon as you see your, at least for me, like as soon as I saw my organic marketing work and my organic like sales funnel work, I should have put more traffic through it, you know, at a faster pace. So I feel like brands, brands should learn from my mistake and do it (laughs) faster. Yes. Do it with $10 a day. You know, it doesn't have to be this huge investment. So yes. Yes. And what I, one of the things that was reassuring for me, I don't know if it'll help our audience, but my ads team. So I hired somebody to do it. Cause I was like, I am not going to, I'm not, I don't have time to learn this. I don't have the desire to learn this. Like we are, we are outsourcing this through and through. And so they told me that I could expect about 90 days of learning and like, I might not be profitable for the first 90 days. And one of the things that I really had to, it was like a mindset shift that I had to get over. was this idea that I was paying for data about my audience and I was paying to like make those connections and learn, you know, what Instagram and Facebook liked and what they didn't like, and really like learn the system. And I, once I started realizing that, that it was like an investment in data that kind of like calmed my nerves from just like spending so much money at the beginning without that positive return. That's absolutely right. So there's this thing called a pixel um, mm-hmm. and you install it on your website and that collects data collect that collects data from people who visit your website, people who engage with you on social profiles, yeah. people who watch your videos, and that's Facebook collecting all that data. Yeah. Um, but once you start running ads, it still needs that time to understand who actually is going to buy, yeah. um, find that person, and it it does. There's a ramp up period for sure. Yeah. Um, So if people are listening to this and they've like never heard of the pixel, they likely like don't have it on their website yet. Would you tell them to go and put it on like right now? Install it yesterday. Exactly. Okay, great. Great. Install it yesterday because the more data that Facebook's able to collect from like your organic traffic, the the better off you're going to be. So that it doesn't take that longer period of time to start seeing conversions. So, yeah. So what I'll do, um, I'll put, I'll put information on that in our show notes and it's literally just something, it's like a feature of Facebook. It's totally free also. And you, Mm -hmm. it's just like, you don't even need to know how to do code. You're just like dropping in a little thing on your website. Um, I promise I did it myself and it was very easy. So I'll put that for, I'll put that right in our show notes for the listeners. Awesome. What else do we need to say about ads? Anything, anything else oh, on ads here? I could just talk about it all day. <laughs> You're but like, how long do we have? <laughs> but really, um, I think, I think really what the, the myths, so there's a few things that I want to talk about yeah. research and creatives. Okay. So I think um, something that we see is a big misstep that brand, big brands do is they don't do their adequate research Hmm. on who their actual customer is. They might know broad, like high level who their customer is, but you need to know what moves them, like what motivates them, like what are they afraid of? You know, you need to like really get that nitty gritty um, in order to speak to them through your creative. So yeah, the the way we do that is yes, we get data, um, a limited amount of data from the pixel now um, from Google analytics um, from your email list, but you can also send like post-purchase surveys and ask them those like really like difficult questions. And, you know, you may get like a 50% response rate, but Hey, that's 50% of data that you didn't have before. So really dive deeper, um, into your audience. Um, 
And Allison, can I say two things here related to that? First, I love that you said a post-purchase survey because that the the key word there is is post, right? They that audience has already spent their money on your product. And one thing I see brands do a lot is like they'll survey like their Instagram audience or they'll just like put a Google survey like on their Facebook page or something. I'm like, we have no idea who is filling this out and whether or not they're actually paying money for your products. So I love that you said we want to survey the people who have actually have already spent their money with your product line, right? Totally. So that was number one. Um, let's see, what was the second one? Oh yeah. If you are a retail ready student watching this podcast, listening to this podcast, it would be perfect to take, take your ideal target audience work that we've done together. The audience surveys, the target audience, Mad Libs, like all of that, um, data that we've compiled there and use it for your ads. Like that would be such a, such an easy first step. If you're thinking about like diving deeper into, you know, targeting your audience online. I, I love that you guys do that. So we do yeah. something similar. We just create a customer avatar. Mm-hmm. We literally pull a picture from the web and like, so people can see like yep. who they're talking yep. to when they make ads. And then a big thing that um, we like to teach people to do is create a benefits and barriers worksheet. Mm. So in the benefits column, you're listing all the benefits of your product and then barriers. Like why would someone not buy my product? And you're ah. listing that out because really our job as advertisers is solving problems or like making people's lives better. So benefits and barriers. I love that. I've never heard. I I don't think I've heard anybody like phrase it like that. The benefits and the barriers. I love that. That's great. Okay. Anything else on ads? Um. Well, yes. you're like, yes. Okay, One keep more going. Thing, I promise. I'm, I'm ready. I, I feel like our ads are such a mystery to our audience. So, so I love yeah. having this conversation. Yeah. And we just want to demystify it. And yeah. okay. So creative, so creative now that Facebook's machine learning algorithm, blah, blah, blah. We don't have to know that much about it. We just know that it is so smart that it can go and find people for you without yep. you having to do like a lot of the legwork. Yep. So that means where we come in um, as marketers or owners or whoever's running your ads, they need to be really great at creatives. Can you creatives, explain yeah, what that is if people don't haven't heard that word before? So creatives are um, the like imagery and videos that you're showing people um, and the messaging that's inside those, those videos. So like when you're scrolling through your Instagram feed and you get targeted with an ad, that's, you know, someone behind a computer. Yep. <laughs> it's like um, a picture of me. You. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's me. Um, but yeah, so creatives are what you need to put a lot of focus in and um, it doesn't have to be that difficult. So UGC, user generated content that your um, organic site is working on getting mm. more people to tag your product, pull that into ads. That's going to bring in social proof. Any PR hits, or testimonials, pull Mm. that into a product photo or a product video. And that's going to be more social proof and build that trust that we were talking about earlier. Um, Things like that, that are already created like reels, bring those in. And um, it doesn't, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. It's what's been a really, a really great ego check for me with, with my creative is, uh, testing and realizing that the ads that don't have a picture of me work better than the ads that do. And at the first, at first I'm like, what? Like people don't want to see this, like, I don't know, professional picture of me, like staged at, I don't know, whatever, like on the beach. And I realized that especially with cold audience, like they don't know who I am. They don't care about my smiling face. Like what they, what resonated (laughs) with them more was pictures of products on the shelf and pictures of like, um, trade show booths and you know their life yeah their their life exactly not like my professional <laughs> headshots so it was so interesting to just you know test and test and test our creative and and really like um again put my ego aside when it wasn't just like <laughs> smiling <laughs> pictures of me that um didn't quite perform in our ads funnels yeah but you really you really never know and so that's no. what yeah. we're saying here is <laughs> test creatives yeah yeah, it was, it was funny. I remember my ads team was like, you know, Allie, like we have to tell you the ones like your favorite ads are not, or your favorite creative is not working. I'm like, oh, 
Okay. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. And that's what that we ain't. find out from testing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I've got one question left on ads before we talk about email. And it is, can you explain when you work with clients, do you do the ads for them or are you teaching them how to do ads themselves? So a little bit of both. Okay. So we, um, we do have clients that we work with and we are, we are managing all of our yep. lovers for them. Yep. Um, that is hands off, but we are like a leg of their digital team. Yep. And then, um, but you know, like not everyone, not every brand is ready yeah. for that. They're not yeah. ready to hire on a marketing team. So we also teach it in our growth course. Um, in our growth course, we lay out exactly what you need to do to launch ads, exactly what your campaigns need to look like, what needs, what ads sets need to be in them, what creatives to launch. Um, so a little bit, a little bit of both. Oh my God. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like overwhelmed just thinking about it. I'm like, gosh, <laughs> yes, it's, there's so many moving pieces and I love that you like walk people through and you teach that as, as a live course right now, right? Still yes. a live course. Yeah. It's live. So yeah, there's a lot of, you know, Q and a after yeah. the, the sessions. And then we also do like co-working Fridays with everyone. So oh, cool. Yeah. There's, it's a lot of like share your screen and we're going to walk you right through business <laughs> oh manager. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> wish that you were around like seven years ago when I first <laughs> peeked into the, my ads manager and like shut it as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, when is, when's your next, when's your next course starting? It actually starts July 21st. Okay, um, great. Yeah. Good yes. timing on our podcast. This is great. It, yeah. Great yeah. timing. Great. Um, and again, of course, you know, we'll, we'll put all that info in, in the show notes. All right. Let's talk about email. Ready? Email. We love email. <laughs> it's something honestly, and we, we talk about it all the time that people don't really pay that much attention to. They're just yeah. like, really, again, it's that shiny object syndrome. They're just like, Ooh, what can I do over here? What? And it's like, email is essential. Yeah, It's essential. The people that are on your list are your true advocates. They're true fans of your brand to give you their personal yeah. email. Yeah. You know? It takes a lot for me to like give someone, give like a, I don't know, a condiment brand, my email address. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah. you gotta, once you have that, it doesn't matter if your list is a hundred people, or if it's 30,000 people, you know, you need to still cultivate that community and provide them with entertainment, provide them with knowledge, you know? So first we, we have it in two buckets again. Yep. We have our automations and those are evergreen, meaning they're always running in the background. You can go in and edit them. And then we have our newsletters are e-blasts and those you want to send, you know, we recommend one a week. Okay. Um, so for a month yep. that can talk about, you know, new products or product benefits or any promotions that you're running, yep. you know, just trying to get them to open with a good subject line to click through with engaging content and yep. then eventually, you know, to purchase. Yeah. So yeah. Once a week, that feels, that feels doable. Yeah. And they don't have to be robust. They don't have to be <sighs> Thank novels. You. Thank you. Not. Gosh, we were talk- just talking about this in a retail ready coaching call where someone was, I mean, literally they were like, well, every month I, they were doing it once a month and they were like, I have to come up with a recipe of the month. I have to do like the benefits of my product. I have to tell like a behind the scenes story. I have to do this and this and this and this. I'm like, oh my gosh, you just listed out literally like 12 newsletters. <laughs> Yeah. In one. I'm like, how about we separate all of those things? And we've just created a quarter's worth of emails for you. Yeah. I love that you've given us permission to like stop the newsletter and instead just like send an email. Yeah, absolutely. It's just an email. It's just, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's just (laughs) you communicating personally and making them feel special. They're getting this email from you, especially if you personalize it with their name. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So can you talk about those automations for a second? And like, what, what automations should we have running all day, every day? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm happy to, Oh, Allison, do you want to cover automations? (laughs) Uh, Sure. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, um, there's five really that we, we set up right when we get into, um, an account, but, uh, the three most important, just 
you know, we're just on that three number. I love it. I love this. This is my, this is why we get along. (laughs) So the three that really we think everyone should have, um, and these, like Karen was saying, these are set it and forget it. These are working for you in the Mm. background so that you have time to go and do everything else. So we have your in doc. So indoctrination, that's basically the, when someone comes onto your email list, you need to share your brand story. You need to tell them about if it's a founder story that's going to resonate, you need to tell them about that. You need to tell them about your brand, your product, your benefits. So we usually create this indoctrination series. That's about five emails, three Mm -hmm. to five emails long just to talk about who we are. And they're like spaced out over you know, three to five days or whatever that is. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that, and, you know, think about if you come onto someone's list and you didn't receive anything, yeah. you would f- just forget. And then you or you'd be email. like, did I do it right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you get an email like two months later and you're like, who is this? <laughs> so this, is my pe- this is my pet peeve, right? Like you get on somebody's list and then they never email you until like Black Friday. Yeah. And they're like, hey, would you like to buy my product? Unsubscribe. Ooh. Unsubscribe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That is not okay. Okay. So we've Um, got the indoctrine, right? Is that what you called it? Indoctrination. Indoctrination. And then we also have our win back. So win back is trying to win back lapsed customers. Um, So this is when someone hasn't purchased from you um, in a a period of time, you're going to have to figure that period of time out sure. for your personal brand. How long does it take them to co- consume the product? Right. Um, and so you're kind of doing like a, a Hail Mary. Is that? Yeah. Why am I using I, a football I, term? I think that's what, right? Hail Mary. Yes. yes. <laughs> you're doing like a last ditch effort to yes. get this person back and engage with you. So they haven't engaged maybe yep. in five to 10 emails. You send them um, a really great offer or like a free yep gift with purchase yep. and you're just trying to get them to like you and purchase yep. from you and come back, um, into your engaged segment. Yeah. So. Cause like, what's the worst that could happen, right? They exactly. unsubscribe, but they haven't been buying anyways. So like, exactly. And I think Karen yeah. will talk all about, we're really big fans of segmentation. So mm, we'll yeah. get into that in a bit. Um, but the third and final one that everyone really needs to have working for them is an abandoned cart. And that's, yep. that's pretty obvious. Um, but just getting that set up alone takes a lot off your plate yeah. and gets, it's going to increase your conversion rate like significantly. So if you Absolutely. don't have one yet, yeah, get that conversion rate number install an abandoned cart sequence yeah. and just like watch it. Like it, it should, it can increase your conversion rate in, in a significant amount. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So those are the, those are the three really. I love them. They're good ones. I like the Hail Mary one. I haven't, I haven't done that myself, but I think I don't really watch football. I don't know like where that came from. <laughs> just came out of your mouth. I love it. Uh, I don't either. So I like that. I'm like, that's what's sticking in my mind. I, I'll have to go in and try, try out that one. Um, yeah. Smart. I love those automations. Anything that that we can automate in our businesses, I am for it. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned segmenting our list and you said, Karen, Karen wants to talk about that. So Karen, tell me about segmentation. Happy to talk about it. And I want to, I pulled this stat from Campaign Monitor. It was back in 2019, but it, life hasn't changed too much in terms of email marketing in the past couple of years. Um, And it says marketers who use segmented campaigns note as much as a 760% increase in revenue over time. Oh my gosh. That's insane. You know, so if you're looking at your list and you're just sending emails to, you know, you have a thousand people on your list, you're sending it to all thousand people. We want to change the way you're thinking about it. So segmenting your list is going to, one, it's going to increase deliverability, which will in turn increase your click-through rates and your open rates. And we can talk all day about um, this iOS 15 update that's going to be occurring sometime between September and November of this year. It's a long conversation. So you guys reach out to us if you want to talk (laughs) about it, of course. Um, But right now, so with segmenting, our... our (laughs) 
you're this is just silly three segments that are oh, most no. used uh-oh we, we got a meme to do this <laughs> yeah. our most used segments so you have your engaged list yep. you have your unengaged list and you can have like an early bird or sneak peek list that's mm. definitely amazing when you have new product launches mm. or you have new announcements that you kind of want to build hype for yep. and is that like a, a list of like list. super fans Super fans. Okay. I love that. Yeah. It. It's a list of your super fans that are like, ooh, give me all Anything. of yeah. yeah. Give me what you are selling. Like, take my money. Yes. yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so you you want to think of this as like you're a consumer, right? Do you want to just be receiving all sorts of emails from a brand? Or if you are a really engaged, you've opened the last five emails, you've clicked through on some of those emails, you're you're an avid fan. Yeah. So that would mean that you were part of somebody's engaged list. Yep. Um, so with your unengaged list. It's a little, we're talking, we're talking segments, but this also applies to cleaning your list and the Mm -hmm. importance of keeping a really clean list and making sure that people aren't just on it, ruining your deliverability rates, ruining your open and click through rates, because why are they even there? They don't, they're not buying what you're selling. Get out here. So cleaning (laughs) your list with an unengaged segment is really important to do occasionally. So unengaged people, they're not opening, they're not clicking. So it's kind of like giving them that last ditch. Hail Mary, where mm. you want to offer them this huge discount, you know, or, or a big promotion that is like, if you're not going to buy it now, you're never going to buy right. it, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's a great way of cleaning those unengaged people off of your list so that yep. you can continue on strong. Yeah. And I think one, two, one, one other thing is at least the, the like mail system that I use, I pay per subscriber. And so like, mm-hmm. we have like hit that rate, like we are like increasing tiers. And I'm like, if people are not engaging, I don't want to pay for them. Yeah. yeah they're not paying for you. No, <laughs> don't pay for them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm like, get off my list. Um, and so, and for, for someone who's listening, who has never even like dipped their toes into segmentation, this is something that they, they can set up like literally like within whatever email marketing software they're using, like if it's Clavio or MailChimp or whatever they're using, right? Exactly. And okay. the two that we recommend are Clavio and MailChimp. Clavio okay. a little bit more robust on the analytics side, yep. has really great segmentation. So it's it's honestly clicks of a button. You know, yeah. they do the work for you. You just have to know what you're looking for. Yep. I think actually I have a promo code for Clavio that I'll Ooh. put in the show notes too. Um, I can't promise I'm, I might have to go and edit this out, but I think I've got a promo code. So if so, I'll (laughs) drop it right in the show notes for you guys. Okay. Um, can we talk about one other reason why I think it's important to segment your list? Oh, please. And it, it has to do with retail instead of, you know, direct to consumer. But one of the things that we see happen a lot in Retail Ready is people will get into a new store chain or a new region and they want to drive traffic to that store, but they have no way of, because they haven't set up their list correctly, they have no way of emailing the people who live in that specific region only saying, hey, go in the store, here's a coupon code, snap a selfie, like give us some love, help us with Whole Foods, NorCal, like whatever it is, because they haven't segmented the list. And I feel like that's such a, um, can be such a powerful tool for in-store promotion that it's, it's really overlooked. Yes. And think about, I mean, like when you think about it, like if you get a retail announcement for HEB and you live in Colorado, you're like, you're like, what's HEB? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And and so, yeah, that's like, there's so many like behavioral segmentations and then location segmentations. There's probably so many more things that you can do and really like think about you as a consumer. What do you want to receive? Like, what do you care about? Like that is, you know, like you want to give people content that they actually want to open and and read and click on. (laughs) Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I think it just goes back to that you know, you're talking at the beginning about that, like no like and trust factor and just building it over and over again with your audience. Mm-hmm. Mm. You guys, we have covered <laughs> a lot in today's <laughs> episode. I'm going to going too. <laughs> I know, I know, I know you could, and I could too. I, I love, I love talking about digital marketing. Um, 
but I'm going to, I'm going to end us with one. No, I've got two more questions for you. The second one's an easy one. And it's just where can people stay in touch? But before we get there, I want to know if people take one action from listening to this podcast, what should it be? This is off script. So if you have, if you don't have an answer, oh, that's okay. Mm, I think on I have spot. one. Oh, yeah. please. I, I go think for I it. have one. <laughs> if you can take one thing out of this, yeah. it's to just, you know, take a deep breath mm. and focus in. Focus in on what is actually going to move the needle and try and block out all of the noise. Yeah. Because with digital marketing, there is a whole lot of noise. And I hear a siren happening too. (laughs) It's it's out my window. So this is like, it's like, (laughs) listen up folks. (laughs) Super timely. You know, it's, it focus on what moves and that for us, with the CPG brands we work with, it's organic social, paid social email marketing. Try not to get overwhelmed because those three can seem like a lot, especially yeah. if you're not doing any, yeah. but focus on the fundamentals. Oh. Do what you can. Yeah. Focus on those core three. That's it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people find you? Besides the show notes, of course, we'll put all of this in there, but where, where do you, where do you want them to hang out with you guys? Yeah. Well, first of all, we love talking to literally everyone. So <laughs> you can always email us at uh, hello at umaymarketing.com um, or ping us on Instagram, umai, at umaymarketing. Um, we'd also love to invite all of you to watch our free masterclass. It is yeah. just launching. Y'all are like one of the first people to hear about it. Congrats. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It's called the consumer goods growth masterclass. And we're going to show you in it how like more on how to set up your digital growth system for CPG specifically using our core three levers um, so that you can create that efficient marketing machine that we've been talking about. So you can go to umaymarketing.com slash masterclass to watch completely free. I love it. My, you know, my audience loves a masterclass. So this is so perfect. And, you know, I, I just love that we keep on that theme of the key three. So thank you guys so much for being here. Truly could talk to you all day long. And I love what you're doing for CPG brands, tiny and emerging brands. So thank you. Thank you both for all that you do. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us, Allie. Of course. Okay, my whizzes. I hope you guys took a ton of notes during today's show and that you have an action plan moving forward. Gosh, I can't wait to see what you come up with. So when you start showing up on social, tag me, tag Umai Marketing. We would love to see what you do and we can follow you back and cheer along. So you'll find both of our Instagram handles in the show notes. And like I said, we'd love to see what you're doing with your organic social. So from here, You guys know the drill. Come and continue the conversation in our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. Send me a DM or show up right back here next week. So in next week's show, I am welcoming Jennifer Yippes Blundell of Hella Social Impact. And we are talking about showing up for racial justice and inclusion with a packaged products industry. It is a really great episode. So have a good one and I'll see you soon. Bye guys. Thanks for checking out Clavio, the only email marketing software that I recommend for emerging food and beverage brands because of its easy integration with Shopify. It's easy to use yet very powerful tools and their outstanding automations. When you are ready to get serious about email marketing, Clavio is going to be your secret weapon. Find them linked directly in our show notes. And thanks again for supporting the brands who support this podcast. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.